Did you know that history is being rewritten to erase Christianity from the founding of this nation? Up next on Jewish Voice with Jonathan Burnus. Shalom and welcome to Jewish Voice, where we help you to discover the Jewish roots of your Christian faith. As we celebrate this Thanksgiving holiday, we remember our founding fathers. They established this nation with the fear of God, a reverence for his word, and a heart for the Jewish people. Our guest today says the history of these devout men, like Thomas Jefferson, is being rewritten to remove their faith in God. David Barton is former school teacher turned best-selling writer and political consultant. As the founder of Wall Builders, he aims to set the record straight about America's Judeo-Christian roots. Time magazine named him among America's 25 most influential evangelicals. From Alito, Texas, David and his wife Cheryl have three grown children and three grandchildren. Please welcome to Jewish Voice, David Barton. David, welcome. Hey, Thanks hey, for being with us. Be Great to have you. I want you to talk about what we can learn about leadership from the Hebrew Scriptures. One of the things you learn from the well, there's a lot you can learn from leadership. I mean, the Founding Fathers found the Bible extremely useful. Um, political scientists have documented that the single most cited source in the Founding Era, they checked 20,000 writings, the single most cited source was the Bible that 34% of all the political sources and, and sources that are quoted the Bible as the source of what they did. Um, I, I can show you clause after the clause in the Constitution where they use the exact language of the Bible in the Constitution. It's just that we're so biblically literate today, we don't recognize that in the Constitution. I want people to understand just how interwoven our history is oh, yeah. with the Jewish people. And I think of Genesis 12, which says, I will bless those that bless That's my right. people and curse the one that curses and you remember and at that time, well, in Genesis 12, God says, I'm going to make a nation out of you. And at the time of the Founding Fathers, there was no nation. It was a barren wilderness over there, what, what had happened. And yet you have Founding Fathers like John Adams and John Quincy Adams who are calling for the reestablishment of Israel as an independent nation in that land. So you have Founding Fathers calling for the reestablishment of Israel. You have Founding Fathers like Elias Boudinot, President of Congress, signed the peace treaty in the Revolution who takes his own money to go across the world finding persecuted Jews, bringing them to America where they can be safe, and then let's reestablish a homeland. And so I actually have a number of writings. I was looking yesterday at writings called Israel's Advocate. John Quincy Adams, President of the United States. They're standing up for Israel. Well, there is no Israel back That's then. That's amazing. And the movement, to, the movement. To, 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 go to form a homeland doesn't even begin till 1897 with Theodore Herzl. Except the Founding so Fathers. It, except the Founding Fathers and true devout that's Christians right. that understood the Scriptures. It, it was, that's it. They understood the Scriptures, and because they knew the Scriptures, they knew what was coming, and they're, they're already advocating for it. And with Jefferson, we're often told, well, this is a guy who so hated the Scriptures that he cut out everything he disagreed with. It's called the Jefferson Bible. Now, people don't know what they're talking about. I've asked every person who's told me that, have you ever read it? Well, no. Well, how do you know it cut out things? Well, that's what everybody says. Oh, I see. So because everybody says, that's the, the basis of truth now. And so there are actually two works that he did, one in 1804, one in 1820. But the premise is he hates the Bible. 
If he does, you're going to have to explain to me about this book right here. Now, this is only part of the Bible. The, you, you want to go to worship, you've got to take three volumes with you. So let's carry this to the house of God, because that, that's a Bible from 1798. It's the largest Bible printed in America to that point. That is huge. It's now, called a hot press Bible. For Bible thumper. I that, think that, this brings oh, some new meaning to that. You, you know? can quicken Believe the word. Believe or I'll thump you. Yeah. Three volumes. Now, there's some two volumes, there's three, but Thomas Jefferson helped fund the printing of that Bible. His name is printed in the front of that Bible. Now, if he hates the Scriptures, what's he doing with that? And, and let's not stop there. Let's go to this one. Th this is the Thomas Scott Bible. That's also from the founding era. Now, there's eight volumes of that Bible, so carry that to church with you. You've got eight volumes of that. Jefferson helped fund that Bible, the publication of that Bible. Well, I thought that. he hated the Scriptures. Well, w what's he doing funding this one? And then let's go to this one right here. Now, this is a four-volume set. It's the Septuagint. It's the first translation really? of the Greek Septuagint into English. Jefferson tried to help fund that and found it was already this printed. This is a Septuagint translation. That's, that is. That's, a, that's the from actual, the Greek. The first American translation. Yeah. Okay, after the break, I want to hear why it's important to know America's biblical heritage. Stay with us. Did you know that founding fathers like Thomas Jefferson based their leadership on the Bible? You owe it to yourself and your family to understand America's Christian roots, purpose, and identity. You need to read The Jefferson Lies by New York Times bestselling author David Barton. This updated paperback edition covers David Barton's fight against anti-Christian critics who had this important book temporarily removed from store shelves. And it uncovers the startling attempts of secularists to twist Christian founding fathers like Jefferson into hedonists. Don't wait. Order The Jefferson Lies now. And when you do, we'll sow two special gifts into your life. This colorful lapel pin depicting the U.S. flag and the flag of Israel. This little pin can open big doors of conversation about the love of God toward the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And to help you share the gospel in plain and simple language, we'll also include How to Share Yeshua by Rabbi Jonathan Burnus. We'll send you all three of these important resources when you donate $40 or more to Jewish Voice Ministries. So call now and help our ministry provide crucial medical, dental, and eye care to Jewish people worldwide. And help us reach Jewish communities from Argentina to the Ukraine to Africa with the good news that their Messiah, Jesus, has come. Remember, God said He will bless those who bless the Jewish people. When you donate $40 or more, you'll bless the Jewish people and you'll get these three important resources. Call the number on your screen now to partner with Jewish Voice Ministries. You can also click or write with your gift of support by going to our website, jvmi.tv, or writing to us at Jewish Voice, Post Office Box 6, Phoenix, Arizona, 85001. To receive your gifts, please specify offer 1827 when giving $40 or more. Hurry, call, click, or write today. We're back with David Barton, and we're talking about uh, a book he's just reprinted called The Jefferson Lies. Uh, David, there's an interesting story about this book. It was actually pulled it was. by the publisher. It was. 
It, because it, it was on the New York Times bestseller list. It was on the bestseller it. list, and then it was pulled because it was politically incorrect. That's right. Which, by the way, is a, this, an immediate reason to buy it. It's politically incorrect. <laughs> Talk about why it's so important for for people that are watching to understand America's biblical heritage. Hey, it's part of knowing our history uh, because you'll find that the revivals of the scriptures uh, under Asa, Jehoshaphat, Josiah were often tied to recovering their own history as Josiah's rebuilding the temple. A great thing to do. They found that scroll, they're bringing it out and they read it and said, you mean we used to be like this? And seeing that scroll led them to a national revival. And you'll find that that's been the way it is in American history. When we have revivals, it's because we rediscover who we were. We didn't know we were, were that people. Uh, I, I love the story of uh, Esther and Mordecai. The reason Mordecai does not get killed, Haman's got the gallows prepared, the king comes up with the case of insomnia and says, bring me something to read. They bring in the history of his own kingdom. He reads about this guy, Mordecai, that saved his life. I don't remember him. I need to, so Haman comes in, what should I do for a guy who does something good for me? Haman thinks he's talking about me, lays it out, says, go do it for Mordecai. Well, it was that little piece of history the king read that changed the course of history. So that's why God says, recall the former days, remember the former times, teach these things to your children. David, I want to talk a little bit about more about uh, the values that America was built on. It's not just America, it's Europe as well. We have people watching in Canada and Europe. There has been a shift of worldview, a radical yeah. shift of worldview, and I want you to talk about what, how that's happened because many of you may be susceptible to that shift and not even realize it. Francis Schaeffer talked about it. He warned us that there was a shift away from absolute morality and it's completely affected our nation. It's, it's, we, we've strayed from our moorings. How? Well, a lot of the problem we have strayed from our moorings, it goes back to our own, own faith as believers. Um, the scriptures, that's truth, that's the essence. We know everything related to life and living is in those scriptures. When God established Israel, He gave them everything they needed to know for health care, for, for food, for diet, for anything. You, I, I mean, I can go to the Scriptures and show you what the Scripture says about the capital gains tax. I can show you what it says about progressive income taxes, about capitation taxes, about the estate tax. The Bible has answers for everything. Our problem is we don't know the Bible. We know that last year, major study done last year, only 9% of professing Christians even read the Bible daily. 9%. 9%. Read the Bible you daily. You hear that? That's 9% of those that claim to be believers. Read the Bible daily. And only 4% have ever read the Bible from cover to cover. So we don't have a clue what's in that thing. Instead of us being made in His image, we make Him in our image. We just assume that whatever we believe, I'm a Christian, that's what God believes too. No, you have to get your mind turned in His direction. So a lot of what we're facing on Change the World View is we're even seeing the, the believers change what they believe. I, I mean, we know, for example, about sexuality. What God says, sexuality is limited to a man and a woman, lifelong union, marriage. It doesn't matter whether it's adultery outside of that, whether it's pre-premarital sex before that, whether it's homosexual sex, doesn't matter what it is. Scripture's really clear on everything else. And yet we have 27% of active homosexuals who say they are born-again Christians. And that's an impossibility. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says the homosexual didn't enter the kingdom of heaven. But we think that it's okay. If I do it, God understands. But David, we how, can't do how, that. how do we live out biblical faith as a Christian and not appear to be bigoted, to be narrow-minded? You'll always appear to be that way because that's what they thought about Jesus. That's what they thought about the prophets. You know, they didn't like what Jeremiah said. They didn't like what Isaiah did. 
You're always, because when you live out your faith, you will stand for truth. There are rights and wrongs. And this is the problem we have right now is two out of three Bible believers believe that there are no absolute moral truths. Two out of three. And eight out of ten Americans believe there are no absolute truths. So you're telling people they have to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. Well, you're not telling them. The Bible's telling the them. Bible's you have to make a choice. And, and by the way, Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm sorry. The news is if they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Well, that, that's all right because you stand for something. And, and the other thing you find is right now we've gotten to where we will not stand because we think it's part of our ministry not to offend people. Jesus spent his life offending people. I mean, in, in Matthew 15, the disciples said, don't you know what you just said offended me? He said, I told them the truth. It was the truth. And if they get offended, they're going to have to deal with truth now or later. Uh, Matt, in, in John 6, he looked at the disciples and says, well, that was a hard teaching. Everybody else has left. Are you guys going to leave too? Yeah, see, the he, reality the is, what, do we believe in the book? That's it. And if we believe in the book, what does the book say? I, I think we have to make a decision. Who are we going to please? In the end, are we going to be concerned about right. our the friends? Are we going to be concerned about opinion, the opinion of others or God's opinion? Or God's opinion. And you don't know God's opinion unless you get in God's Word. And that's, that's where we are right now as Americans is we don't know. Only one out of, uh, let me see if I get the number, I don't remember the exact numbers, only one out of 30 Christians can name one of the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, only one out of 30 can name that. I mean, we are so biblically illiterate right now as a people. That's where our worldview shifts. We were able to pray with a, a woman whose home had been burnt not only once but twice. And because of the community, the prejudice against them because they are Jewish. Did you know that founding fathers like Thomas Jefferson based their leadership on the Bible? You owe it to yourself and your family to understand America's Christian roots, purpose, and identity. You need to read The Jefferson Lies by New York Times best-selling author David Barton. This updated paperback edition covers David Barton's fight against anti-Christian critics who had this important book temporarily removed from store shelves. And it uncovers the startling attempts of secularists to twist Christian founding fathers like Jefferson into hedonists. Don't wait. Order The Jefferson Lies now. And when you do, we'll sew two special gifts into your life. This colorful lapel pin depicting the U.S. flag and the flag of Israel. This little pin can open big doors of conversation about the love of God toward the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And to help you share the gospel in plain and simple language, we'll also include How to Share Yeshua by Rabbi Jonathan Burness. We'll send you all three of these important resources when you donate $40 or more to Jewish Voice Ministries. So call now and help our ministry provide crucial medical, dental, and eye care to Jewish people worldwide. And help us reach Jewish communities from Argentina to the Ukraine to Africa with the good news that their Messiah, Jesus, has come. Remember, God said He will bless those who bless the Jewish people. When you donate $40 or more, you'll bless the Jewish people and you'll get these three important resources. Call the number on your screen now to partner with Jewish Voice Ministries. You can also click or write with your gift of support by going to our website, jvmi.tv, or writing to us at Jewish Voice, Post Office Box 6, Phoenix, Arizona 85001. 
To receive your gifts, please specify offer 1827 when giving $40 or more. Hurry, call, click, or write today. Like the faith of our founding fathers, our Judeo-Christian values are also under attack. But it's nothing like the persecution experienced by the Jewish people living in grim poverty in India, in Zimbabwe, in Ethiopia. Your financial support of this ministry helps us bring hope, healing, and most importantly, the gospel to suffering Jewish communities. Your donations are making a huge difference. Take a look. We had the incredible opportunity of a group of 24 of us going to a remote village, an hour drive from the clinic, and then a four-mile walk to a Beta Israel uh, Jewish village. And 70 people um, came out, and they laid out... Um, mm. They laid out goatskins for us as an uh, honor for us. They welcomed us like we were brothers, which we are. And it was just so, so touching to be able to give. And they were so hungry to receive, and they were so willing to hear. We asked them if we could hear their story. So some of them stood up and told their story. And one of the older gentlemen had a vision of a light that was coming down the road of their village. And it was like the sun. And a few of us just knew instantly that the Lord had set up a gospel moment for us to be able to share the gospel with them. We were able to pray with a, a woman whose home had been burnt not only once but twice. and because of the community, the prejudice against them because they are Jewish. As we all know, Jewish people all over the world, scattered all over the world, they are facing, facing so many persecutions. They talked to us about um, the suffering they've experienced, and I tried to encourage them that Jewish people for thousands of years have been suffering all over the world, and that they weren't alone in their suffering. And then we also told them that 2,000 years ago, our Messiah suffered and was beaten and was crucified and died and prayed for his enemies while he died um, and then rose from the dead and that Yeshua sent us to tell them that story. And then we just simply said, does anybody want to accept Yeshua at the end? And all their hands went up and all 70 people prayed a prayer to receive Yeshua. Earlier in the week, we had to shut down our prayer tent which we've never had to do before. And uh, if we didn't shut down the prayer tent, we wouldn't have gone and shared the gospel with this village. We need to pray for them more. We need to help them. We need to see them. We need to send our love, our gifts, our support to this community. Thank you for coming, Jewish Voice, and all the donors of Jewish Voice. You are doing a miracle by sending your prayer and your money, your support. Be blessed by Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Wasn't that powerful? I echo Samuel. When you partner with Jewish Voice, you not only help us provide vital medical care, dental care, eye care, you help us to share the gospel with lost tribes around the world. 
We're making a difference, but there's so much more that needs to be done. With your help, we can reach so many more people. When you donate to this ministry, you don't just get great products that can change your life. You help us change the lives of Jewish people around the world. And the Bible says, I'll bless those that bless the Jewish people. So be a blessing today. It's time now for Ask the Rabbi. Well, I forgot to wear my sunglasses, but I haven't forgot your questions. We get some very interesting questions from our viewers every week on topics ranging from Jewish customs to the last days. So now it's your turn to ask the rabbi. Our first question is from Laura in Fort Smith, Arkansas, who asks, is it appropriate for Christian Gentiles to attend a Messianic Jewish congregation? Laura, you are welcome. With open arms, please go visit one of the hundreds of Messianic Jewish congregations in the United States, throughout Europe, uh, throughout Israel. Uh, we love visitors, and it will really enhance your, your Christian experience. You'll dance before the Lord. That's part of our tradition at Messianic congregations. There's many Gentiles that are part of Messianic Jewish congregations because they feel called to their Jewish roots and understand that the gospel is to the Jew first, and so they are part of the Messianic Jewish movement. You may not feel called to be part of the, a Messianic Jewish congregation, but visitors are always welcome. So I say that on behalf of the entire Messianic Jewish movement in the United States and abroad. Terry in Bloomington, Indiana is curious, do all Jewish believers in Yeshua practice faith the same way? Terry, we have a, a, a saying among ourselves, the, the, the Jewish community uh, as a whole, and we as Messianic Jews say, if you have two Jews in a room, you end up with three opinions. And it's, it's not true because there's far more than three opinions generated by two Jews in a room. It can be five or six or whatever. We don't all uh, do things the same way. There's a, a gamut just as uh, Judaism uh, has many different branches and Christianity has too many uh, different uh, uh, groups. Messianic Jews have a variety of different ways of expressing our faith. What we do have in common is we all believe that Yeshua, Jesus is our Messiah. We all believe that we're saved by grace through faith and that he's the very center of everything. And we all agree that we haven't converted to another religion, the religion of Christianity, but we found Yeshua as our promised Messiah and Savior. That we have in common. Everything else is open game for disagreement. So the answer is no. Uh, lots of different views. The final question uh, we're going to look at today comes from Tony in Mesa, Arizona, who asked, do Jews go through the tribulation alone? Tony, this my goodness, this is a, a hard question to answer uh, succinctly, but there's many different views, of course, of the tribulation. Some believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation rapture. Some believe, as I do, in a pan-tribulation rapture that it will all pan out in the end. The idea of the Jewish people 
uh, coming to faith in the tribulation period, specifically uh, as opposed to uh, now uh, or at any other time, is based on a pre-tribulation view that when the church is raptured, that will be the time for Israel's salvation. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with that. What I am uh, saying, and I want everyone to understand clearly, is that I've seen thousands, tens of thousands of Jewish people in just the last 20 years of ministry respond to the gospel. Thousands at our festivals in Eastern Europe stand up and with tears in their eyes uh, repeat a prayer asking Yeshua to come into their life. Now, are they all saved? No. I agree with Michael that that is, is not a formula, but I've seen so many Jewish people come to faith. I've watched the Messianic Jewish movement, which 30 years ago was just a tiny remnant, grow into a worldwide movement. Jewish people are getting saved now, today. Uh, and, and I don't believe that uh, if there's a pre-tribulation rapture that just Jewish people can be saved. I believe the grace of God is for all. So, gosh, this is a tough one. It's a slippery slope. I, I, I could go on, but that's just a short answer. Uh, I want to invite you to submit your questions. You can go to jewishvoice.tv and then follow the link and Who knows, we may pick your question for an upcoming program. Don't miss next week's show. Here's what's ahead. It only takes one generation for Jewish kids to lose their identity as being Jewish. It only takes one generation to forget that you're Jewish. Carrying um, Jewish heritage is an important part of building family. And so when our families merged, we wanted to find a way to merge our faith in a way that made sense. We're almost out of time, and I want to pray a special Hebrew prayer over you. It's called the Aaronic Benediction. It's been prayed over the people of Israel for thousands of years, first in Hebrew and then in English. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'chunecha, Yisah Adonai Penevelecha Vesemlecha Shalom. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in the name of Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Jesus the Messiah. Amen and amen. Hey, if you have a prayer need, we're here for you. You can log on to our website, jvmi.tv. God loves you, and so do we. As I close, I want to remind you that Psalm 122.6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which reminds me, we're going to Jerusalem next May to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the restoration of Jerusalem. We'll be right at the Western Wall with tens of thousands of Israelis to celebrate, and I sure hope you'll join me and my family. Join Jewish Voice Ministries as we tour the Holy Land and celebrate Israel 2017. It's time to honor the 50-year anniversaries of Jewish Voice and the liberation of Jerusalem. On this trip, you'll stay in five-star accommodations as we tour Mount Carmel, Nazareth, Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives, Upper Room, and more. You'll see Jonathan Burnus commemorate the recapture of Jerusalem right where it happened. 
We'll also visit an Israeli military base and enjoy a Bedouin meal. You can renew your marriage vows on the Sea of Galilee and participate in an immersion ceremony at the Jordan River. As an added bonus, you can even visit Eilat, the Red Sea, and world-famous Petra. Act now before this once-in-a-lifetime event sells out. Call and speak with our events coordinator to learn more exciting details about Celebrate Israel 2017 or visit jvmi.org Israel. I sure hope you'll join me and my family. Until then, I'm Jonathan Bernis saying shalom and God bless you. <laughs>